It's good to be live again. It's Thursday night, and as you can see, I've got my co-host with me for another X-File edition. Alyssa, uh, what are we going to be looking at tonight? Tonight, we're talking about Bigfoot. We're super stoked. Me and Glenn had already talked about some differing opinions, so it's going to be a juicy episode. It is, and we're bringing my good friend, the Revelation Resistance podcast host, Stacy Fannin, for tonight. And I have to caveat this. You know, we've done the additions on the UFOs and the aliens. We've done the additions uh, on the mermaids and the Loch Ness Monster. And I could find very clear connections in the Bible on those. And I'm, I, I, I get it. And I'm not skeptical with that. But when it comes to Bigfoot, I've got an ounce of skepticism. So we're going to have to see what Stacy does to, uh, to, to my thinking tonight as we discuss Bigfoot. And that is the question for the night, is Bigfoot real? And you can't go by the picture there because that was, you know, Photoshop. And I did get that picture taken of me by a uh, statue of Bigfoot at a restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina. But Stacy, welcome to Raven's Heart tonight. Hey, Glenn. How's it going, buddy? It's going so good. So good to have you. Before we talk about Bigfoot, though, Alyssa has photographic evidence of an epic event that took place in her merch booth just a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I'm going to share this with everybody. Uh, this may be, may even top the Bigfoot photos that, uh, that are going around there. And I'm going to go ahead and pull this up here and I will show you what we've got. And here we go. There it is. Alyssa, what is that <laughs> rummaging around in your merch booth? <laughs> that is a Brian Head Welch. <laughs> <laughs> a Brian Head Welch sighting. Where was that? Yes. So in Pittsburgh, there was an event called Unbranded. And um, it was in a music event, but also like a live documentary where people told their testimonies, Brian Head Welch being one of them. And then myself and a band called Dose performed live. So it was so cool. I got to meet Brian Head Welch and talk to him a little bit. And yes, he made a special appearance at my merch table. That is awesome. Did he buy any merch? I don't know if he bought any merch. That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> well, it's just awesome that you had a Brian Head Welch sighting in your merch table. So yes, it was so cool. That is, that is cool. I'll bring us all back here and arrange us so everybody can see us. So Bigfoot, I'm going to kick this off because I've heard of many different terms for this mysterious creature that may or may not exist. Things such as Yeti, Sasquatch, and Bigfoot. Stacy, why are there three different names for this creature? Are there three different creatures? Is it the same thing? And what are we talking about when we say the word Bigfoot? I think a lot of it has to do with the point of culture that um, that it has came from. I think it's pretty much the same creature. I just think, uh, you know, there's different, um, you know, ways that they've expressed um, how they viewed this, uh, this being um, in their culture. So, you know, that's where I think the different names come from. And what cultures do the different names come from? Sasquatch, Yeti, and Bigfoot? Uh, well, as far as I know, like, 
Bigfoot's more of a term, it seems like, that we have over here on the East Coast. Sasquatch, you, you tend to see it more on the West Coast. And the Yeti is definitely, you know, floating around over there somewhere in the uh, hills of uh, uh, Nepal <laughs> and <laughs> those places. So then there's different, cre- similar creatures in different parts of the world then. Yes. Okay. We're going to get back to that um in just in just a moment Alyssa, you had a question about the personalities of bigfoot i didn't realize that there were multiple this whole personality creature yeah so i i listen to a podcast called blurry creatures so that's where i get a lot of my bigfoot information um but a lot of people come on and tell their stories and some have good experiences with bigfoot some people have been terrorized by bigfoot um so are there different species of Bigfoot? Are there good and bad Bigfoot? And then also, do they have certain physical attributes that kind of coincide with their personality behaviors? I, I definitely think that that is a, uh, a determining reality um, for the different experiences that they've had. Um, Bigfoot's definitely, you know, uh, a humanoid creature so he is capable of you know doing bad or good things um not every shark is going to gnaw your arm off but it you know be the same with the characteristics of, of bigfoot they have the capability to do um great good things or great bad things mm-hmm. yeah that actually makes a lot of sense so yeah if it is if it is a real creature and I'm, I'm still going by the if right now. I'm, I'm working on becoming convinced about this. If it is a real creature, it would make sense that just like people, a humanoid creature would have a good, you'd have good ones, you'd have bad ones. Uh, you, if they have emotions, possibly, you know, it, it very well could be. Stacy, when did you start getting into Bigfoot? What got you into this area of, of cultural study? And this is really... I am a pop culture person, so most of my exposure to um, Bigfoot or aliens or anything in that sense, you know, we, we had a huge, um, I guess, revelation, awakening to this. I was born in 1970, and, you know, the first uh, Bigfoot sighting was, you know, back around in those days and stuff, whenever the guy everybody's seen it. You know, the guy uh, had a video of a Bigfoot walking through some timber, um, uh, from over, you know, in California or something. But, uh, anyways, my first exposure to Bigfoot, the thing that really kind of gri- gripped me as a child was, uh, the $6 million man <laughs> with, uh, with Steve Austin, because, uh, he had this show, you know, Bigfoot just kind of came off as this scary thing that would come snatch a kid out of, you know, jump out of the woods and snatch a kid and take it back in, you know. And as a, a young, young kid, man, I was like petrified about that. And uh, kind of whenever uh, he began, be, began to become more, I guess, uh, get, getting more exposure, like through TV shows like The Six Million Dollar Man. He actually teamed up with the six million dollar man, so it kind of 
brought Bigfoot into this place is like, okay, maybe he don't want to just eat kids, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, whatever's going through a, a young, a young guy's mind, you know, like a young kid. So, uh, yeah. really from that point on, I've, I've pretty much just had uh, a fascination with Bigfoot. Um, and I definitely believe I've never seen a Bigfoot, but I definitely believe 100% that regardless uh he is a he is a definite um reality to our culture and to um, our society yeah 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 uh, crater git is on with us tonight crater thank you for joining us i really enjoy crater's uh youtube channel go ahead and if you're watching and you haven't subscribed to his channel go ahead and do so he he runs along many of the same streams of topics that we do and uh we both really found each other through the teachings of Dr. Michael Heiser, who I would love to, if he was still alive, get his take on, on Bigfoot and, and everything with that. And, you know, you said that it was in the 1970s when you got interested in Bigfoot because of the $6 million man. It was like, what, in the 50s when the pictures started to come out? Yeah. Yeah. How did this legend start? Can you give us a little bit of the history of that? Well, a lot of old loggers and stuff like that, you know, being out and, you know, started finding these footprints. And of course, you know, we live in an age now where um, we feel like, <laughs> I really think it's an age of deception. We really feel like we have all this information at our fingertips. You know, you're literally able to see you know, you think you're literally able to see anything at any point at any time in the world. Um, you know, so it's kind of crazy trying to sift through all these different, um, you know, evidences and stuff like that because, uh, CGI, you know, a lot of people are able to do that and stuff. So today we've kind of lost, like there's a, um, I guess maybe a magic or something about um, just old stories and stories from old men. Um, you know, we think because we have all this information that we've kind of got it figured out, but there's still so many things going on below um, the surface of your social media power, you know? Um, so I'm saying all that to say this, that um, a lot of old men and, uh, old loggers and stuff like that began to have experiences um, and they began to talk about these things and share these things among each other. And sure, of course, some of it probably got blown a little out of proportion at times or whatever, but there is something going on in the woods with all these Bigfoot sightings and, and evidence of Bigfoot with footprints and many other things as well. Stacked rocks. I mean, you can go on and on about all these weird, you know, things that Bigfoots do out in the woods. Hmm. Alyssa, I'm going to let you ask your question in just a second, but I just, I just had a thought. Could it be that these cryptids, and that's what these type creatures are called because they're unclassified biological creatures in the whole realm of what we're talking about is cryptozoology. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but could it be that God created these creatures and keeps them hidden and lets them appear to tell us and to demonstrate to us that we don't have it all figured out. Oh, that's good. 
Um, could, could that be the case, Stacy? What do you think? Alyssa, what do you think? Possibly? Yeah, I think possibly. Um, and that kind of goes into my next question, so I'm going to leave it there. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you believe that Bigfoot is simply a physical creature, or do you think that there's a spiritual element as well? And then why do you believe that? I believe that it's definitely possible. Um, I think that a lot of things, you know, it's, it's magnificent when we're able to um, come into contact with spiritual things that we cannot explain. Um, and, you know, I have had experiences like that among, you know, a lot, a lot of you and a lot of you out there have had, experiences where you've experienced something that you know that's supernatural that you just can't explain and uh bigfoot definitely is kind of a paradigm to what you're saying because he's definitely or he or she or you know that that being is definitely in the physical realm you know Mm -hmm. we have physical evidence Mm -hmm. of bigfoot the spiritual part too is something that um is fairly new to me um, I've seen quite a few documentaries and stuff where people have actually talked about Bigfoot being interdimensional, where he can, you know, travel in between realms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's something that personally I've not really um, contemplated a whole lot uh, on my own because it's, for me, it seems a little far out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, as far as that part's concerned. So, yes, it's definitely possible. Yeah, because I I was listening again to another podcast and um, they were talking about how Bigfoot just kind of disappears and appears in an instant. And you wonder, is that just a a, like a biological ability to camouflage really well? And um, since we don't know a lot about these creatures, that's a possibility. Or are they interdimensional? Like um, like me and Glenn were talking about UFOs, like they disappear and appear in an instant and that could be through portals. So I think... It's very possible that it could be both. Um, We know that like aliens, they're physical, biological beings, but I believe there's a spiritual element to those. So I don't think it's very far out that that could be a possibility for Bigfoot. There's uh, definitely uh, along the lines of what you're saying, too. I've also heard and um, seen where there's there's a theology about that, about Bigfoot having... um, mind control kind of along the Mm -hmm. same thing you know as alien you know like aliens would be able to uh, kind of manipulate you mentally a little bit too so um where it's still a fully physical creature but able to manipulate uh (laughs) you know what you think you see or you know yeah i was listening oh i'm sorry go ahead no it's okay just just being able to hide that way I was listening to a story about someone who said that they were uh, playing with their, his wife and his child, and he had seen a Bigfoot later on, and it that Bigfoot like put in his mind what had happened before, like he was able to see it back, him and his yeah. wife and his child playing. So it was almost like Bigfoot was giving him a a picture of what had happened before, and it was from the big point. Bigfoot's point of view. So I yeah. just thought that was really interesting too, that they have that ability. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. And scary it, too. It, 
Yeah, it, it is. And you know, if this is a humanoid uh, creature, listen, this br- brings up a very good point about us as human beings, because pre-fall, pre-Adam and Eve partaking of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, Adam and Eve would have been like Superman and super, super girl or super woman mm-hmm. uh, in the Garden of Eden with the powers that they had. They had extraordinary powers. And Watchman Nee in one of his books, um, I think it's the, the spiritual man, he, he discusses this. And if we met Adam, it would freak us out. And he had the ability to do those things prior to the fall. Because what is it? We only use, what, 10% of our, 10% of our brains, is it, what scientists have found? Um, it's, it's a very small percentage. So if this is a humanoid creature, it would not surprise me that it might have the ability to do that. And you know, I'm just thinking here about myself and, and my own kind of like skepticism with with Bigfoot. And for me, you know, UFOs are, I'm not skeptical about that because I've actually had experience with that personal experience, not just one experience, but multiple experiences with that. It wasn't just a fascination. So it's, it's very tangible for me. So I, I guess I'm a tangible guy. And for those that are like, well, yeah, there's no such thing as Bigfoot because I haven't seen it. Well, I've seen pictures of, um, you know, kangaroos but I've never seen a real kangaroo. We just can't take it as, well, I haven't seen it or I haven't touched it. And that's, mm-hmm. I think I'm talking myself there with that, with that a so, little bit. One no, thing I, that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think you're right about that. And I think that many people have evidence of it. Um, there've been so many sightings. Like we talked about like mermaids too. They're, it's, I don't know how it's possible for there to be as many sightings and experiences as there are all around the world and it not be true to some extent. I think for me, it's just a matter of like, what is it and why yeah. is it here? But yeah. I think the existence of it is real. I just don't know what it is. I, I think that there's something really tough in our culture. And uh, I've never, you know, I've seen some things that I definitely can't explain and experienced some things that I can't explain. Um, I, I was going to work one morning. This has probably been about 17 years ago. And uh, I worked at a uh, place called Baxter Healthcare. They make IV bags. And uh, it was really early in the morning, probably about six o'clock. So I'm going up the road. I'm going up a road that I go up uh, every day for the last eight years. You know, I've, I've been going up this road. And I see something and um, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, that kind of looks like a dog. But by the time it got to the other side of the road, I'm like, that thing is not walking like a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing does not look like a dog. And by the time I got by it, I was like, that was a mountain lion, which are very rare for the, the mountains of North Carolina where I'm at. Um, people have, you know, you've heard stories of people seeing black Panthers and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about this. And I know in my, I live in a very rural area. I live an hour from um, Johnson city, an hour from Asheville, two hours from Charlotte. There's no big cities around me. So it's, I'm pretty much out in the sticks a little bit, but anyways, um, I am telling these old timers, people that have spent time in the woods forever I'm like, hey, man, I seen a mountain lion. And they're like, 
<laughs> and I'm like, I seen a mountain lion. I, I think I would have got a better response to being like, man, I seen a Bigfoot. <laughs> no joke. Like these people yeah. are like, there are no mountain lions around here. I've been to Montana a hundred times and I've never seen a mountain lion. They're all over the place. There, I'm like, man, I've seen, I know what I've seen. And I, I feel like, you know, I can relate to people who have seen Bigfoot, seen an alien, seen something, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, Hey, I know you like, you know, that, you know, that, you know what you've seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you're trying to tell people cause you're excited about it and you you get this like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. And even after you see something like that, there's always that part of your mind that goes to that place where now I'm not so sure that I saw that. And then you try to explain, you try to explain it away. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that with their experiences with, with God, with Holy Mm. Spirit, they have those experiences and they try to explain it away as, as something in the natural instead of accepting the supernatural. And that's one of the things that I hope that this live stream does for those that are watching. And thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments or questions, please, please weigh in. Or if you've got some evidence of Bigfoot, please weigh in. Uh, is to open our minds. In, in Western culture, we are so stiff in our thinking and the, mm. the way that we think. We are very quick to reject the supernatural. If mm-hmm. you take a look at ancient Hebrew culture, that was just the way life is. The supernatural was a part of life. If you go to other countries such as India or um, Nigeria or places like that, the supernatural is a part of life there. And that's why you see, I believe, in those countries when revival occurs, so many manifestations of Holy Spirit that you would not necessarily see because in here in the United States, we box it up. It's like, no, that's not church. So we're we're not doing that. But they're very open to that. They're more open to the spiritual. So hopefully what we're doing tonight will open people's minds. Alyssa, you had some more questions, too, that I find very interesting about locations of where Bigfoot is. Yes. So I was wondering, do you feel like Bigfoot most often appear with locations that have ley lines, like very certain locations um, where maybe the veil appears thinner? Or is it related to possibly some underground government facilities or strictly based off of climates and certain like environmental conditions? I believe that it probably, I'm going to be honest, in my personal opinion, I really think that Bigfoot appearances probably have a lot to do with what is happening with people in the area at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm going to tell you why I think this. I recently watched probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen about Bigfoot. It's on Hulu. Um, It's called, I think it's called the Sasquatch or whatever. It's about this. He's a world renowned journalist who went underground and with the Nazi skinheads, he's done all this crazy stuff. Well, he was in a, a place in California called the Emerald Triangle. And um, in this place, uh, he was infiltrating the underground pot industry during um, back in the probably mid 80s. And if you don't know anything about this place, it's a place where they've been like some of the biggest marijuana distributions have came out of this place for years, even before, you know, uh, marijuana started to gain momentum in the last 
few years as far as states legalizing it and stuff. So anyways, he's in this infiltrating this underground industry over there. And, um, basically, uh, a guy comes in and they're freaking out. This really happened. And, uh, he's basically saying that they killed him. He killed them all. So they go out there and basically from the accounts of the people who were there that did not die, a Bigfoot came in and ripped a bunch of people apart. didn't take any of the marijuana, you know, uh, and, uh, basically, you know, uh, performed, you know, these, these are not good people that were doing this at this time either, you know, kind of like people that would, uh, run cocaine or, you know, part of a cartel or something like that. So in my personal opinion, I think Bigfoot definitely, uh, like we stated before, they could be good or bad, but they definitely, um, are held subject to, uh, Yahweh God, just like we are. Mm. So they're, mm. they're serve they're definitely serving a higher power. So, um, what were they doing out there? You know, you could say they just randomly killed a bunch of dudes that were growing weed, but I think that there's a different something else that was happening in that mm. moment. And it's a really good documentary. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Mm. Mm. That's so interesting. That was one of my questions for you too, was that do they serve a higher power and do they have the ability to, to follow God or, I mean, and as much as a Bigfoot can, it doesn't, um, we don't, I mean, I don't think it has a soul, but, um, or could it be used for bad? Is it like how we said aliens do like, is, is it an evil thing that they serve? Is it Satan that they serve? Cause you know, as humans, we have that choice to either serve God or Satan, but we all answer to a higher power. So does Bigfoot have that ability? I would say if 100% yes. Mm. Mm. Um, do I, of all the things that I've seen over the years, that is a, um, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. That is something that I, that I've came up with myself, but balancing it off of how Yahweh God has formed everything. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I, I think that, uh, you know, dolphins are beautiful, wonderful creatures. They have they, they, you know, have helped uh, people get through, uh, you know, horrible uh, places that their boats couldn't go safely. Um, they've uh, actually uh, seen them protect people in the water from sharks, but they can also be um, in, in the same instance, not there's good and bad dolphins is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There, there can yeah. be some really bad dolphins, you know, that do some hor horrible things. I've actually seen documentaries on that as well. So, I mean, if, if we look at what the Lord has done, it's all good. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, connotations to um, why the world is the way it is today. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think man, the evil of man, the fall of man is to blame and creation is held subject to that, um, to a, a specific sense. But, you know, when Jesus said that, um, you know, if nobody, you know, that even the rocks will cry out, you know, 
So uh, there's definitely a lot more going on, I think, uh, with Bigfoots and and all creation that uh, is um, there's a lot going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's very profound. It's, it's very profound. And here we are talking for those of you that are just joining us right now. We're talking about Jesus and Bigfoot. What a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> what did they have for dinner tonight? <laughs> but we're talking about Jesus and Bigfoot. And there's some things that I want to talk about as we get closer to the end of this stream about God's creation that we've kind of gotten away from. And I agree with you 100% on that, Stacy. is that everything that God created, he is in control of. It was created to serve a purpose. But I have a few other questions, too. Most of the pictures that we've seen, like that that very famous one from 1958, very fuzzy photographs of, of Bigfoot. Why are these pictures fuzzy? Why do you think that is? That's a good question, Glenn. I, th- I think that a lot of that, you know, could go back to um, uh, the Lord keeping, you know, a specific she mentioned the veil. I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, what you think about that, but I do think that there's God hides specific things um, and is keeping them in a specific place until a specific time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, it could just be bad film, <laughs> but, but, but I do think too, that, uh, you know, the revelation of UFOs, I mean, there's stuff like that even in the bible <laughs> you yes. know even from biblical days you know from elijah to uh uh you know the way they explain god in a cloud you know mm-hmm. um so i mean i think that uh yeah <laughs> there's there's definitely a a lot going on with that well and, and i can understand it this way too if i saw bigfoot and i pulled out my cell phone to take a picture I'd be shaking. I don't yeah. think I'd get a yeah. shot off of that thing, or I'd be running, yeah. <laughs> taking the picture yeah. at the same time. So there's also a physical characteristic to that as well. You're shaky. And you know, back in the fifties, the, the film wasn't that great. You did not have the types of cameras that you, that you have today. Orbs, Alyssa, ask about the orbs. I'm Ooh, fascinated. Yes. The orbs. Um, so, And a lot of stories I heard about Bigfoot, people have said that they have either prior to seeing them or while they've seen them, there have been orbs of light that have appeared. Um, Do you know anything about that and what those orbs possibly are? I do not. I know know what you speak of, and I've heard it kind of goes back into some of the earlier things we were talking about, about some people even thinking that Bigfoot could be uh, like Nephilim or something, some sort Mm -hmm. of angelic being, you know, part of some sort of angelic bloodline or something Mm -hmm. like that. So um, there are definitely some guys that are out there. I'm not one of them, (laughs) but but that definitely are uh, could probably explain that very well. Yeah, because that's that's one thing, even as we were talking about like the purpose of Bigfoot, if they are these hybrid creatures that have possibly come from this Nephilim DNA, that's like, like the Nephilim have a, not a good purpose here on earth. So I think that's kind of where that question came 
with as well. Like I personally don't think that they are just a just an animal. I think that there is more of like a um, a hybrid element to them. So yeah, I mean, I think that could be possible too. Even like related with the orbs, is that is that some sort of angelic type of thing that that follows them? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think I have an answer to that question. I'm just sitting here and processing everything that you're saying. And Alyssa and Stacy know that every time before I do a live stream, I do a really deep dive into scripture to see what it is that the Lord would speak for that. And that even goes for the additions that we do on metal and, and rock music. And I want to see what it is that the Lord's speaking, because I wanted to find out, and Stacy, I'm going to get your opinion on this too, of where you see possibly Bigfoot mentioned in scripture. But there's a couple things that I want to bring up, and I'm probably going to ruin some people's childhoods in just a moment. So, so everybody just hold on here for a second. This is going to get interesting. I got to put my glasses on to do this. We're talking about cryptids. We're talking about creatures that are hidden, that do exist, and but they're not classified. That's what cryptozoology is. The Bible does speak of cryptozoology. There are cryptozoological instances in scripture. Alyssa and I talked about one of those a couple months ago, and that was the sea monsters like Loch Ness Monster, which I think that there is an interdimensional characteristic to that. And I think there's some sort of relationship possibly to Leviathan with that, one of the great, the chaos monster that's spoken of in scripture. The, the Bible speaks of monsters in the book of Genesis, if you go back to the, to the original Hebrew. But there are other cryptids that are mentioned in scripture, especially in the book of Job and in the Psalms, if you go back to the original Hebrew. In Psalm 50, and I think this goes back to what Stacy was saying, and it goes to what Alyssa was saying about the cherubs. In Psalm 50 at verse 10, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Wow, how we quote that so many times that Yahweh God is the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. If we take a look at the Hebrew for every beast, and this goes to what um, Stacy was saying about the, the beasts, everything that's out there belongs to God. He created it. Every beast, the Hebrew word for that is K or Kai. It means beasts or animals. But Alyssa, to what your point was, and what you said, it also refers to living beings of, uh, of, of ch like cherubs. Hmm. The, and we see that word used both for the beasts of the field, like animals and creatures. But we also see that in the book of Ezekiel, used the same way in Ezekiel 1, 1, 5, 1, 14, 119, 120, and 313, multiple times. So there could be an angelic element to what we're talking about here with Squatch, Yeti, or Bigfoot because he's a beast of the field. But in uh, Psalm 50, verse 11, God also, it's, it's written, I know all of the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Again, the wild beasts, um, very different translation for that in Hebrew. It's actually Z's, Z-I-Z, pronounced Z-I-Y-Z. What is Z's? This is a cryptoid cryptid cryptid animal that was hidden in the translation it was a giant bird mm. it was a big bird is what z's was so you had leviathan the chaos monster in the sea you have z's over the avian world over the birds 
And um, this Z's, according to Hebrew tradition, was uh, a giant bird like unto Leviathan and was appointed to rule over birds as Leviathan ruled over the sea. And Z's is also known as a celestial singer. So that we have the cherub element that's in there as well. Well, there's another one that we're also familiar with, and that is um, Behemoth, mm. the giant grass-eating creature that had uh, bones that were like, uh, yeah, it was bones like bronze and limbs like brass. Um, yeah, bones of bronze and limbs like brass. And, and God is describing this to Job in the book of Job. So what's really cool about this is all three of these animals, the Leviathan, the Z's, the giant big bird, and the, the uh, behemoth, According to Jewish tradition, there will be a great supper with all believers, and what will be served at that great supper is Z's, Behemoth, and Leviathan. So they're referring to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be surf and turf <laughs> with, with, with a choice of chicken on the side. Now, I said I was going to probably ruin some people's childhoods uh, with what I'm about to share. Every time I think of Z's and I think of Behemoth. Mm. <laughs> 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 We've got Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. Now, no. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... Yeah, we've got these children's characters. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything's inspired by something. And Z's, the big bird in the Bible, in Hebrew tradition, is not necessarily an evil bird. It's just a bird. It actually, according to the rabbis, protects the earth from the south winds with its wings. Very interesting hmm. writings on this bird. It's not evil, but still we're going to get to eat it and enjoy it. And there's actually... Um, scripture verses about feasting on the uh, feasting on Leviathan in in Scripture, as well as Leviathan skin being used as the tent or the chupa for the marriage supper of the Lamb at the end of the age for believers. Whoa. So there could be some angelic element to what we're talking about with Bigfoot. There could be something. I don't see a, anything direct in scripture that I'm like, aha, this is it. Yes, I am 100% sold. But Stacy, what, is there anything in scripture that you see that maybe points to the existence of, of Bigfoot that would help clarify that for us? No. I, I think other than the reality that um There's a lot of things that aren't specifically um, duly noted or pointed out uh, in the scripture that obviously are real and exist. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't see that other than maybe in a metaphorical sense or, you know, I just, I don't see it at all. And a lot of people would take that as black and white and say, well, then there's no Bigfoot <laughs> or, you know, whatever. But I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, you you can't, Bigfoot's not something, you can pigeonhole it if you want to, but it's not, it's definitely something I think 
the structure for Bigfoot being um, real is in the Word of God along mm-hmm. with the rest of creation. Yes. I mean, the thing that's wild is, you know, at some point, um, Noah had to lock arms with this thing and get it on the boat, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't understand all those things, but it, it's like Alyssa was saying, there are too many eyewitness accounts. And I think, um, it, you know, biblically it, it tell it encourages us to, to follow at least two witnesses, you know, uh, on an account, right? I mean, it, yeah. is that, that's not that's a biblical thing so there's plenty of two witness accounts of bigfoot um and i think that uh that in itself says a lot uh you know what Alyssa said there's a very prominent statement about what we're that's why we're talking about what we're talking about there's so many things that have happened i've watched uh Who's the guy on Discovery Channel? He's he's going everywhere and doing all this stuff. He's kind of got red hair and he's running around. He's kind of got like this. He wears this outfit. It kind of reminds me of Steve Irwin. Is that Bear Grylls? No, I can't think of his name. It's Josh something. But anyways, he's running around doing all this stuff. He did a special on Bigfoot. and They went to some kind of a monk monastery in Nepal where they thought they had a chunk of Yeti hair. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up, they DNA tested, ended up being like yak hair or something, you know. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm just pretty sure there's not a Bigfoot. And I'm like, dude, I know you've been everywhere, you've done everything, but that don't mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we have the capability in this age, we feel like the information for everything is at our fingertips, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's still a lot going on. Like, God is unexplainable. We cannot e- explain that, but we know. You know, like you said, Glenn, um, you know, we, we have these Holy Spirit experiences and we can brush them off. You know, we see things, we can brush it off. But the reality is, is, is do does this culture, you know, because we're a very self-consumed culture. They're afraid to uh, be uh, to allow themselves to um, be subject to something that they can't explain. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm that's saying? a very good point yeah so, that's that's a very good point it, it you know it's tough we, we've seen something really cool in the last while as we've seen them release all these ufo reports and i know we're not talking about that but it's really cool because um all these people that have felt like they had to hide um yes. their experience or their photos or whatever it was they're released now and uh mm-hmm. it's really cool so oh stacy i i've stood with with family members outside watching ufos a fleet of them fly over the orange orbs uh those are the ones and standing right there and in the same neighborhood a doctor very prominent man fellow citadel graduate standing right there he's like those are ufos he's like there's no doubt about it those are ufos and at the distance that they were and the way that they were flying and the way that they were fl- the perfect straight line that they were flying in. And yet people standing, other people standing right next to me, a family. No, those are Chinese lanterns. Yep. Automatically just 
no, that can't, that can't be. And then when we go in and tell somebody, oh yeah, you saw some Chinese lanterns. Well, no, you didn't even see what we saw out there. Stacy, I want to go back to a point that you just made about people saying, well, I don't see it in the Bible. Therefore it doesn't exist. The, the Bible doesn't mention toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah it exists the bible doesn't mention television yet it exists mm-hmm. the bible does not specifically mention giraffes yet they exist and they're in every picture of noah's ark that that children have yeah. mm-hmm. even think so of the be- book of enoch too like we believe that a lot of those things are real, but it was still omitted from the Bible. And I think that goes back to Stacy's point as well of like, God knows what we're able to handle and what we're able to understand. And some things are meant to be hidden. And, um, you know, if obviously things are revealed to some people like UFOs, like Bigfoot, and we don't know exactly why. But I think in general, God has a time for everything. And for some reason, that's just something that maybe we're not meant to understand. Um, And I was even thinking when we were talking, too, about a lot of people who go out and search for Bigfoot never find him. But he often appears to people who aren't looking. So I wonder if that I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, What's your thought on that, Stacey? No, I think I think she's definitely going down a line that is uh, a line of thinking that is very important. And uh, as you were talking to this, I was thinking about, um, you know, I grew up in a very strict uh, religious environment um, as far as um, not, uh, you know, praise and worship and things weren't encouraged, um, you know, looking outside of the box was not encouraged. And, uh, as I started to, get, uh, have revelation that there was something missing between where we're at and in the book of acts, I began to, um, ask God for, you know, leadership and guidance and revelation into these things. And, um, as in the, in the journey of that, um, I ultimately, um, disconnected from the religious group that I was a part of and became part of another religious group that um, believed in an active Holy Spirit um, in our day and age. And this was a transference that um, happened over a period of time and I wasn't very accepting of it. And I'll give you a super quick story about of something that important that happened was, you know, you've heard people speak in tongues. Um, you've seen Holy Spirit work and, and do things. Um, you've seen people healed. And uh, as I'm still really critical of, in my thinking about um, uh, the works of the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm in an a, a, a intimate service with believers. And um, a guy started speaking in tongues. Well, I'm up running sound for the church and instantly in my head, I was like, he shouldn't be doing that without an interpreter. And as soon as I thought it, as he was speaking in tongues, and if you've heard it, sometimes it sounds like gibberish. I heard every word he was saying in my head clearly. Hmm. Like, like, and I've never done it again, <laughs> but I had the, I had interpret the gift of interpretation wow. for like three minutes there. And I was like, 
holy crap, <laughs> this is wild, <laughs> you know? So, so that was a wild um, experience for somebody, but I was trying to step out of my comfort zone and experience God in, in a different level. So mm-hmm. in line with what you're saying, Alyssa, this, that also falls into the skepticism of people who have a hard time um, receiving or wanting to understand these things because the Holy Spirit's out of control. You can't control mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. So. That's a very interesting point that you bring up, Stacy. And I'm thinking for those that are skeptical about what we're talking about, or those that would even criticize what we're talking about, there's reasons why we're doing this. And it's to break that religious mindset that's out there that, no, that can't be because that's science fiction. Well, as we've learned, as Stacy just said, and as Alyssa and I have discussed with the UFO disclosures, no, that's not science fiction. That is something that's very real. And you can go back and take a look in the Book of Enoch and find out where all this craziness began and everything like that. But I would venture to say that along Alyssa's lines of thinking that it's the ones that really aren't seeking Bigfoot that they see something like this. Very well could be that this is a special creature that God's got reserved, as Stacy said earlier, to use as a tool to break through that hardness of thinking, to, mm-hmm. to break through that, mind, that narrow mindset that we have in the West that, no, that can't be. And I know that you know, not too many years ago, some, some minds and hearts were shaken with the account of the giant of Kandahar during mm. the um, Operation Enduring Freedom, Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom operations, where that was, I've listened to the accounts of that, and they're very detailed, and there's no way somebody can just make up that story on a whim with the details that are in it. And I know some people that have been in the military that they they weren't there, but it's something that's that's talked about, the giant of Kandahar. And even if you go back and you take a look, and I forget what speech it is in, but even Abraham Lincoln in one of his presidential addresses made reference to giants in North America. Mm. That's crazy. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Now, you can go to Snopes.com, which I trust everything that they say. It's, no, you know, the, the, the certified fact checker. <laughs> and we'll tell you, no, that's not really what they were talking about or what Abraham Lincoln was talking about. No, that's, that's what he said in his speech. So there are things out there, and this is what I want people to understand. There are things out there that we don't understand, things that we have not seen yet, things that have yet to be seen and this world is more mysterious and more mm-hmm. glorious than we can ever imagine. The reason being is we have a very mysterious but awesome and majestic God that, hey, if he wanted to create a Bigfoot just because he wanted to, well, guess what? He's God and he can. And right. the whole reason why he, why he created Leviathan wonderful teaching point to Job is the only th- and only person that could take Leviathan down was God. So I'm going to build something. I'm going to create something to show you how that you're going to think is so powerful, but I'm going to show you how much more powerful I am. Mm-hmm. And when you look at creation, I don't know, Alyssa, if you've ever had this happen, Stacy, you look at something in creation, a bird, just a common bird, or maybe an insect, like a dragonfly. You're like, wow, God made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and it could be the same. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on that. These things, there are things out there that we just don't know about. Stacy, and then I'm going to bring it back to you, Alyssa. I got a, I got a question for Alyssa. Why do you think it's important that we talk about these fringe topics in relation to the Bible and to those who maybe believe or don't believe? Uh, I believe it's important to, um, you know, especially in this day and age, um, to realize, you know, our culture, like you said, we've got hard and I think a lot of it has to do with um, us just, you know, being content with with our uh, accumulation of knowledge on things. Um, technologically, we're more advanced than, than I believe maybe we ever have been in the history of mankind. But also, too, I believe that uh, we have... We've walked away from the preciousness of the holiness of God and understanding that, um, you know, he's, he's not something that can be harnessed or tamed. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't say these things to scare anybody. And I mean, if you're on his side, you don't have anything to worry about, whether it be Bigfoot or UFOs or anything like that. I mean, we just get to experience all these things and know that, like we have a, a, a great creator um, that loves us intimately and, and we are precious to him. Um, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's very important that we talk about these things because there is a, there's a, a magic and a mystery um, to this world and to these things. Um, there's depths of the ocean that we've, we've, we've yet to discover there's we can see into space we still don't understand what space is um you know uh we can try to figure out what holds all the planets and the universes and the galaxies together god holds it all together we can't we can't explain it but man wanting to explain it and then thinking that (laughs) you know we're going to have to get together and talk about dinosaurs at some point because i I, yes I'm going, we can go on with that for a minute. You know, I've got a lot to say about that too, but uh, I just think that there's a mystery and a magic and, and, and to things and God's holiness and just a, a mystery of supernatural that uh, I think our culture has kind of, uh, you know, they've, they twisted into something bad, mm-hmm. which it should have never been something that people are just so afraid of you know, that they, you know, think it's all bad because it's not all bad. You know, not everything that we can't understand is bad, (laughs) you know, so. Right. Alyssa, for you, 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 you do these with me every so often. We talk about the things that are fringe, but you are a very solid believer. You are very well grounded, extremely intelligent what is it for you? Why is this, why is the, or are these fringe topics so important to you, especially in the context of scripture, of the Bible? Hmm. You know, as we were talking, I was thinking how like n- knowledge of these things breaks your paradigm of what you think is real. 
And I think that has the ability to shatter you. And, you know, you hear people who go crazy and who have seen things like this and they become obsessive and they lose their families and lose their jobs because they're so consumed by this thing that they can't understand. And I think, you know, when you put it in biblical context, that automatically gives this context. It yeah. Yes. Because we don't understand God. We don't understand time, how God exists in and out of time, mm. but we don't have to understand that. And, yeah. um, you know, I think just being grounded in scripture, being grounded in who God is, that gives these things um, meaning and gives these mm. things um, just understanding. So I think for me, that's, you know, I, I probably two, I've been two years on this train of learning about these crazy things. And I think for me, you know, I will never not believe somebody right off the bat. I think, you know, God is bigger than we could ever understand. There's, there's so many things that we can never grasp. And um, so I think, you know, just learning about these things, believing in their existence, at least being open to it mm. and always coming back to God um, is so important. Yeah. I think you just wrote a song there with the way that you just so eloquently described. That's good. Yeah. Why this is so important. Stacy's like about ready to jump up and, and do a <laughs> high five. Amen with me on, yeah. on the other side of the Carolinas here. <laughs> and you just put that so beautifully of why this is important of breaking that paradigm. And that's really my prayer for everybody that watches Raven's heart is that your paradigm is broken. And that, that breaking of paradigm started with me of how God could actually use heavy metal and hard rock, something mm -hmm. that I was preaching against for a while and even mm -hmm. wrote some things against. And that's when my paradigm started to break. And I really believe that's how this fits in because there are people that are out there that are very hungry for the supernatural. Mm -hmm. Their, their quest for Bigfoot in a lot of ways, from what I understand, is a quest for truth. They're looking right. for truth. They're, they're hungry for that. They know and there's a yearning. And maybe this is somebody that's watching tonight. There's a yearning on the inside that there's something more out there that you just can't put your finger on. And I think it's so very important for those who know Jesus to point people in the right direction of not saying, oh, yeah, that can't exist because I didn't learn that in Sunday school. No. Yeah. No. It very well could be that that exists. And what about the people that have had experiences with these things, such as the people that had the experiences with UFOs, people that had experiences with, with Bigfoot, how do we point them in the right direction? And God's got all these things. Everything in creation speaks and goes right back to God. Mm -hmm. And I even find that very interesting in the silliness of Satan and people that are all into Satan. It's like, where do you think he came from? Mm -hmm. Yahweh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yahweh created him. Stacy, do you have anything else that you'd like to? I do have to ask this question. Before we close it out, what is the most convincing piece of evidence that you have come to knowledge of, of the existence of Bigfoot? Uh, just that, um, I'm not trying to cop out, man, but I'm, I'm going to revert back to what Alyssa said just once again about just the amount of people that have exp 
had an experience, a Bigfoot experience, mm-hmm. whether it be a footprint or a sound or whatever it is. I just think mm-hmm. that um, there's, it just screams reality. You know, mm-hmm. that, that I think that that, um, to me, through all the years, um, I'm 53, uh, you know, through the, the seventies and just everything. I know we've seen Bigfoot in a lot of different forms and fashions and movies and TV and stuff like that. And, um, when you sit down and watch as many documentaries as I have throughout the years, um, you know, it really started off with, with fear, just wanting to understand it and get a grasp on it. And it's like Eliza said, for me, I just come to the point where it's like, you know, man, I, I don't get it, but I've never experienced it myself. But um, there's a fascination about it and seeing all these people uh, that have a heart and they have had an experience for for this. You know, I think it, it, we would do well, like Alyssa just said a minute ago, to honor um, their experience and uh, take it into an account. Yes. Absolutely. Alyssa, any closing thoughts before we uh, end for the evening? Hmm. Uh, I guess I would say I believe that God has put eternity in everybody's hearts. And I think everybody, like we said, is just looking for that. And so whether Bigfoot is used to point people to God, that's not something that, you know, we know. But, um, you know, I think just, again, putting this all in a biblical context is so important. And I'm so glad that we're here having this conversation today. Yes. Yeah. This is not what you're going to hear in church on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. And there is, a, there is a time and a place for everything. There, there really is. And church is, is different. That's why we do what we do because we have the platform to be able to do it and we have the freedom and the flexibility to do it. And there are people that are actually searching for this particular topic. And I want to thank everybody who's joined us this evening. If you've got any questions for any of us at all, just shoot us an email over at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you got a question for Stacy or Alyssa, I will forward it to them. But I think very good conversation tonight on a topic that is highly controversial. A lot of skeptics concerning concerning Bigfoot, but I go back right back to Scripture that all the beasts of the field are of God. They belong to Him, just as the cattle on a thousand hill hills. And we don't know everything that's out there, so to automatically knee jerk and say no, that's not real. It's you can't do that. We're breaking the paradigm. Hey, I will be back actually tomorrow night. We're doing a double header this week, and I am very excited about my guest for tomorrow night. We're going to get back to the music. His name is Justin Ellswick, and he goes by the project title of Sleep Thief. And he's going to be joining me tomorrow night. We're going to dive into his music. He has such an ability to tap into human emotion that is unparalleled to most musicians that I've come in contact with. So it's going to be a great night tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Friday night. Justin Ellswick, he's going to be joining us live. And I've been listening to his music for many years. Awesome musician. It'll be a great time. Stacy and Alyssa, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow night. Until next time, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Peace out and rock on. Guys, just stay on with me after we close out. Lithoscry.com.